title today is Fragile Handle with Care. It's kind of amazing how quick the summer's flying by. We're actually going to be concluding this nine-week series next weekend with self-control. It's, it's just flying by. Uh, let me draw you to your attention to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22 and 23. This is our key scripture for this series. The scripture says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And today we're looking at gentleness, fragile, handle with care. How many of you are like my family? We, we have a lot of traditions in our family and, you know, Thanksgiving traditions and uh, Christmas traditions and, you know, things that we do on, on a yearly basis as a, as a family. And how many of you have different traditions in your family that you guys do every year? Many of you do have certain traditions that you do. And, and one of the things that, that I love about, about my family is, is the tradition of, of eating food together. And, and these, these plates here, this, this china here, means a, a lot to me. These were my great-great-grandma's plates, and they were passed down to my, to my great-grandmother and passed down to my, my grandmother, and she ate off these plates at special occasions and then passed down to, to my mother. And, I mean, these just mean a lot to my family. They mean a lot to my mom. I mean, they don't look all that special to you, but, but they mean a lot to us. They have a lot of sentimental value to, to our families. They've just been passed down from from generation to, to generation. And how many of you got some things like that in your, in your family? That, that, I mean, things have just been passed down from... Those really aren't my great-grandma's plates. I just, want, I just want you to know that we got them at the thrift store this week. Amen. For $4. Praise the Lord. Gotcha. But, but some of you, you felt really bad. Ah, I heard you. Because you thought I just dropped my great-grandmother's plates. And you know what? In our, in our society, we, we hold a lot of value and treasure a lot of different worldly things. And, and we, we want to make sure we take care of fine china. And at Christmas time, we, we mail some gifts to family members. Maybe they're, they're somewhat expensive, and we want to package them right and, and put things in them to make sure that they're fragile and that they're taken care of. And we want to make sure the post office puts fragile on the box and, and that they handle our precious possessions with, with tender, loving care. And yet when it comes to the most precious and, and the most treasured creation of God's creation, I'm talking about humanity, oftentimes we treat each other in such horrible ways. We go out of our way to make sure China is handled with care and other things that we consider valuable are handled with care. And yet when it comes to, to the most precious creation, God's creation, the most treasured creation, humanity, we can be so mean and we can be so vindictive. We can say some very hurtful things to one another. We treat one another like we're just ordinary, like we don't have any value. 
And friends, can I tell you something? That every single person that God has created, they are extraordinary in His eyes. They are a treasure in our Heavenly Father's eyes. You and I have never encountered a person, a human being, a living, breathing, walking, talking person that doesn't matter to God, that's not valuable in God's eyes, that's not extraordinary in God's eyes. Understand something about our Heavenly Father. All God makes is fine china. That's it. That's all he makes is fine china. And the scripture verifies this in Psalms chapter 139 and verse number 13. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God, you're the one that put me together. Verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Did you realize that about yourself, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made, that God knit you together in your mother's womb? Actually, the the scripture says this about you and I, that we're the only creation, and not, not dogs, not cats, not any animal. We're the only ones created in the image of God. You're fearfully and, and wonderfully made. He goes on to say, your works are wonderful. God, I realize humanity, the people that you've created, they are wonderful. They are extraordinary. And I know that full well. Understand this. You and I, we are extraordinary. Let me make it personal. You are an extraordinary human being created in the image of almighty God. Now, usually by the 1215 service, you probably already had breakfast. Some of you ate lunch already. You've had three or four cups of coffee. So I expect some audience participation today. All right. The 830 service, I got to pump and prime them to get with it. But you, So I want you, everybody to look at your neighbor. Now, I'm watching again now. I want you to participate. And I want you to look at your neighbor. And I want you to tell them this. You're extraordinary. Go ahead and tell them. Come on, tell somebody. You're extraordinary. Come on, you're extraordinary. Come on, I don't care if you're struggling with low self-esteem. I don't care what your daddy and mama might have said about you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you in his image. You are an extraordinary person. And friends, every extraordinary person that God has created, we are just like fine china. We are very fragile and we're easily damaged. You know the old saying you probably grew up in elementary school saying this. The old saying says, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know how we talk tough on the playground. My daddy will whoop your daddy. You know, you know, you know how we did it. We were mean. We said some stuff. But now that you're a teenager, now that you're an adult, you realize that that little nursery rhyme is a lie that words can cause real damage to people. There are kids, there are teenagers, there are parents and spouses, there are friends and co-workers that you know that have been severely damaged, that are struggling with low self-esteem, that have been deeply wounded because of the words that other people have spoken to them. You see, the truth of the matter is, don't, don't fool yourself. Humanity is very, very fragile. And that's why when we, when we treat one another, how, how we talk to one another, how we handle one another, we should use 
gentleness. We need to be very gentle with, with one another. And you know what oftentimes happens? We do the exact opposite. I mean, we deal with another human being. We can be insensitive. We can be crude. We can be mean. We can be derogatory. We can rip them to shreds with our words, forgetting that we're like fine china. And we can be easily damaged. And I want you to know, friends, it matters to God how we treat one another. It matters deeply to God how we handle his precious creation called humanity. Matter of fact, it matters so much to God that God said, listen, I've given you a requirement. When you interact with my my people, when, when you talk to another human being, how you treat a person matters to me. And matter of fact, it matters to me so much. This is how I want you to treat each other. I want you to handle one another with gentleness. This is so big to me that when you become a believer, when you become a Christ follower, I am giving you the Holy Spirit. I'm giving you God and putting God inside of you. It's a part of the Trinity. God, the Father, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And I'm giving you God, the Holy Spirit. And along with the Holy Spirit comes his fruit. And part of the fruit is gentleness. I, I want you to treat each other in such a way that you're so gentle that I'm giving you a helper to make sure that when you interact with my most prized creation, that you have the ability to treat one another with gentleness. And the scripture says in Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, you need to know that you're chosen by God. He says, holy. You need to know that you're holy. I don't care what mistake you've made. If you're a Christ follower, the spirit of God's living inside of you. And when God looks down from heaven upon you, you've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And he looks at you and you are holy. He goes on to say, and dearly loved. Somebody needs to hear that today. You need to know that your heavenly father loves you. He dearly loves you as God's chosen people. He says, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness. Everybody say gentleness. He says, clothe yourself with gentleness and patience. God says, listen, when you interact with one another, you should treat one another with gentleness. He goes on to say in Ephesians chapter four and verse number two and three, he says, be completely humble and gentle be patient bearing with one another in love making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace and and there are a lot of churches that don't get along with one another and they're arguing and they're bickering and churches are falling apart and i thank god for the unity that we have as a church and if we're going to continue to maintain a unity one of the key ingredients is gentleness be completely humble and gentle with one another. And friends, gentleness is probably one of the most misunderstood of the fruit of the Spirit. You see, gentleness, many people, and especially men, they, they think gentleness means being weak. Or they think gentleness means being timid or being passive. But, but being gentle doesn't have anything to do with that. You see, being gentle is not uh, that, that you have to go around being a person like a doormat where people step all over you. Being gentle doesn't mean that you can't make tough decisions. Being gentle doesn't mean that you can't compete in the workplace. Being gentle doesn't mean that you can't have deep convictions that you hold on to. Listen, gentleness is simply strength under control. 
It means that we're actually strong people. I mean, we are. We're strong. We're, we're creative. We're, we're made in the image of God. And yet when we're gentle, we take our strength and we put it under God's control. That's what simply gentleness is. It's the fruit of the Spirit that brings us under God's control. Strength under control. I don't want you to miss this. Literally, when you look that up in the Greek, that's literally what it means. Strength under control. I want you to participate and say this with me. I want this to lodge in your mind. Everybody say, strength under control. Everybody say, strength under control. That's exactly what gentleness is. You're strong and you take your strength and you put it under God's control. It's like a horse. You know those horses? They laughed a lot more in the other three services. Come on, folks. It's the noon service. I'm up here acting like a horse for you and you can't laugh? Come on, folks. You take a horse, a big, strong animal. They weigh literally hundreds and hundreds of pounds. They can run fast. They can buck, buck and jump and kick. They can run through a fence and knock it over. They are very powerful animals. And yet you can take a horse and you can tame it and you can train it and break it. And you can take that horse. And that horse can become a very gentle creature. It's not that it's not strong. It's still as strong as it was before. It's strong, but its strength is under control. And it can be so gentle that you can even take a kid and put it on its back. And that strong animal can give a kid a great ride because its strength is under control. And when you and I think about gentleness, we should think power under control. We should think strength under control. We should think anger under control. We should think reactions under control. We should think emotions under control. And what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to give you three coaching tips to improve gentleness. You can follow along with me in your bulletin and fill in the blanks. Here's what I know. Every single person under the sound of my voice, including me, we all can improve in the arena of gentleness. We all can. Three coaching tips to improve gentleness. Number one is this. Get your heart under control. Get your heart under control. And it's very important that you understand that if you're going, uh, you're not going to be able to increase your level of gentleness through self-will or through behavior modification. That's what many people think. I'm going to make myself more gentle through self-will, through, through behavior modification. But, but gentleness always starts with the heart. And we've talked about this throughout this entire series, The Fruit of the Spirit. If you're going to have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, the only way that they're going to be developed in your life is by drawing closer to Jesus Christ and surrendering your life to the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, friends, gentleness is an inside-out job, not an outside-in job. Gentleness always begins with the heart. 
Jesus said something very interesting in Matthew chapter 12 and verse number 34. He says, you brought a vipers as he was speaking to the Pharisees, you brought a vipers. How can you who are evil say anything good for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Don't miss this. This is so important for you to grasp out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. In other words, until your heart is gentle, your conversations and actions will never be gentle. See, whatever is in you is going to come out of you. It begins with the heart. And the only way that our hearts are going to become more gentle is by you and I drawing closer to Jesus Christ. Not through self-will or not through behavior modifications, not through self-help books. But the only way is that we got to draw closer to Jesus Christ. Jesus said this in John chapter 15 and, and verse number four as he's talking about how we can bear fruit, how we can have more fruit in our life. He says, John 15 verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. In other words, he says, listen, Jesus says, when you see a branch and, and it's full of apples, that branch couldn't do that by itself. Only way that it could produce that kind of fruit is that it had to abide in the vine. He goes on to say, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus said, if you're going to have fruit in your life, you can't do it by self-help. You can't do it, do it through behavior modification. The only way is you've got to abide in me. He goes on to say in verse number five, as, as he impacts this a little more, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We get this all turned around. <laughs> and we start thinking that we are the vine. I mean, we start thinking, I'm going to change myself. I'm going to make myself more gentle. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm going to make myself more loving. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to have more patience. I'm going to have more peace. I'm going to have more goodness. I'm going I'm to have more faithfulness. I'm going to be more gentle all by myself. And Jesus says, no, you're, no, you're not. You're not the vine. I'm the vine. You're the branches. And if you're going to bear fruit, it's going to be because you're abiding me, because you're seeking me, because you're yielded to me, because you're honoring me, because you're living for me. He goes on to say in verse number five, he who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Isn't that what we're talking about? How do we bear much fruit? How do we have more fruit in our lives? Jesus says, here's how you have it. You abide in me. You seek me. You yield to me. You, you follow me and my principles. He goes on. I mean, this is the kicker right here at the end of verse number five. He says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you're going to still be hateful. <laughs> apart from me, you're still going to be mean. Apart from me, you're still going to be impatient. Apart from me, you're not going to be kind. Apart from me, you, you, you're still going to struggle with being gentle towards other people. The only way that you can do this is by abiding in me. Not through self-help, not through behavior modification, but by drawing closer to Jesus Christ. You see, church, this is why I constantly talk to you and express my heart to you about the importance of attending church. Not, not as a duty, but because you want to draw closer to Jesus Christ. It's so important that we're hearing God's word. It's so important that we're worshiping in this corporate atmosphere because, listen, I can't live the Christian life by myself. I need God's help. I need to abide in God.
That, that's why it's our first base here at the church. I'm going to talk about this in, in several weeks from now. The, the, the baseball diamond. The first step is you got to get committed to church. And, and then I, I, I always talk about this because it's so important. I, I probably mention it two or three times a month in, in, in the messages. It's so important that you learn to pray for yourself and read your Bible. It's so important. Listen, you say, Herbert, I'm going to be more loving. I'm going to be more kind. I'm never going to pray. I'm never going to read my Bible. I'll come to church every once in a while, but I'm sure going to have the fruit of the Spirit. No, 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 no. You can't do it apart from God. The only way is you've got to draw closer. You've got to learn to pray for yourself. Read the Bible yourself. You've got to learn to worship on your own, in your own home, in your own car, that you're drawing closer to Jesus Christ. It's so important that you're serving, that, that you're involved in ministry, and that you're using your gifts and your talents to make a difference. You see, you see, in God's economy, in God's world, we think we think going up is just going up. And God says, no, if you want to go up, you got to go down. you got to learn to serve. you got to learn to humble yourself. It, it's part of spiritual maturity. It's part of our spiritual growth that we learn to serve one another. That's why it's so important that we're all in, connected in a community group, that we're going spiritually with other believers, that we're, we're, we're talking God's word with other believers. People are holding us accountable, and we're caring for one another. It's so important that we are abiding in Jesus Christ because, listen, apart from him and his word, we can do nothing. Gentleness always starts with the heart. There's a, a second coaching tip that I want us to look at today. If we're going to improve gentleness, this is so important. Number two is this. Get your words under control. We looked at get your heart under control. Now get your words under control. Just think about this for a second. How do we cause the most damage to others? How do we generally hurt people deeply? Most of the time, it's, it's, with, our, it's with our words. And that's why we've got to learn to get our words under control. Because... Many people constantly launch verbal missiles and they're attacking people and they're tearing people apart. And friends, listen, you and I, we should be known as when we speak, our words are gentle. They must be gentle. The scripture says it like this in Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number one, a gentle answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word stirs up anger. We, we all know that scripture is true. I mean, when you're harsh with somebody and you scream at somebody, it never solves the problem. It just escalates it. I mean, when you respond and you're rude and, and you give them a piece of your mind, I mean, the problem doesn't go away. It escalates. We, we all know that. And so why is it that so many people respond with harsh words when they know the outcome's not going to be positive? Why is it that so many people don't have their tongue under control what stops us what stops you and i from getting our words under control and responding with gentle answers i want to give you two insights here two quick insights i encourage you to jot these down they're they're, they're life changing they're they're life altering if you'll apply these number one is this most people are others controlled instead of god controlled they're others controlled instead of god controlled and if you're others control, you have turned for away from God and you've turned control over to someone else. Listen to me. Some of you in this place, your emotions are being controlled by other people. You say, Herbert, Herbert, how can I know if I'm others controlled? I'll tell you how you'll know. Because you constantly go around saying things like this. She makes me so mad. He upsets me so much. 
you mean that they got control of you? And you're now others control. And how many know when we're others controlled and we let people get under our skin, oftentimes we don't respond with gentleness. <laughs> we give them a piece of our mind. Oh, you making me mad and I'm finna let you know something. And we launch verbal missiles and we say things that are hateful and derogatory and mean and we rip people to shreds. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can't, as a follower of Christ that has the Holy Spirit inside of us, we can't be others controlled. We've got to be God controlled. No matter what they say, no matter what they do, no matter how they treat us, we say, listen, I'm going to respond with gentleness because I'm not controlled by you. I'm controlled by my heavenly father. So even in a tough situation, I respond with gentleness. There's a second insight I want you to notice. A second thing that will help you get your words under control is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Don't miss this. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so many times we do the exact opposite. And, and I can struggle with this. I mean, I want people to know what I'm thinking. And I, sometimes I don't try to understand first. I, I want them to understand me. And so how many know when you want others to understand you, you can get awfully rude. You can cut them off in the middle of the conversation. I don't want to hear you. I got something to say, and I want you to hear it. And when you and I, when we seek first to be understood, instead of seek first to understand, we can say things we don't mean. We can say things with the wrong tone. We can be mean. We can be hateful simply because we don't seek first to understand and then to be understood. Here's the takeaway. Let me give you the takeaway on, on, on this point. The, the next time you're in a heated discussion, is there anybody in here that gets in some heated discussion sometimes? Come on, lift your hand right here. Some of you are lying and I'm going to pray for you. Amen. Help them, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> I mean, we get in heated discussions. Now, now, in a pastor's home, we don't have heated discussions. We have intense moments of fellowship. <laughs> That's what, you, that's what you call it the preacher's home. Intense moments of fellowship. And, and here's the takeaway. The next time, because it will happen. The next time you're in a heated discussion with your spouse. You're in a heated discussion with your kids. You're, you're in a heated discussion with your parents. You're, you're in a heated discussion with your boss or, or the employer. You're, you're in a heated discussion with your neighbor or a friend. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Number one, be God controlled. Not others controlled. Be God controlled. Don't go around. You make me mad. You no, no, no. Be God controlled. Another is controlled. Number two, when ne the next time, come on, lodge it in your mind. The next time you get in a heated discussion, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Listen to their point of view. Number three, respond with a gentle answer. Be gentle. A gentle answer turns away wrath. You never solve your problem by screaming, yelling, being mean, being rude. A gentle answer tones away wrath. The next time you're in a heated discussion, lower your voice. Change your tone. Choose to speak life instead of death because your life is being controlled by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you realize your tongue is very powerful? The scripture says in Proverbs 18 and verse number 21, the tongue has the power of life.
and death. Did you realize that? That when you're speaking to your family, you're either speaking life or death. When you're speaking in that workplace, you're either speaking life or death. When you're speaking to your friends, to your kids, you're either speaking life or death. And as a follower of Christ, let's don't damage our family. Let's don't kill our friends. Let's don't degrade our coworkers by speaking death. Let's be gentle. A gentle answer turns away wrath. I close with point number three. The third coaching tip to improve gentleness. Number three, get your actions under control. Your actions under control. Let me give you two insights here very quickly. Number one is this. Be gentle by giving off positive body language. Positive body language. What I want you to understand is this. Gentleness is not just about your words. It's also about your actions. Because you can say the right words and have all the wrong body language. I mean, some of you, your neck ought to be sore as much as you snap it. I mean, you just... Well, I love you, but you ain't acting like it by the way you giving off that language and rolling your eyes at me and talking back. You can tell me you love me and how much I mean to you, but the way that you're acting with your body language is not very positive. And as a follower of Christ, it's not just about our words. It's also about our actions being under the Holy Spirit's control. There's a second insight I want you to see regarding get your actions under control. Number two is this. Be gentle through physical touch. Through physical touch. Romans 16 and verse 16 says, greet one another with a holy kiss. Some of you just got excited about this church. Ooh, pastor, you tell us we can kiss one another. Ooh, I like this church. Thank you, Jesus, for people's church. The, the key word is holy kiss. Everybody say holy. That's right, holy kiss. So don't you get weird up in here. Amen. But, but I want you to understand that time and time again in the New Testament, they greeted each other with a holy kiss. You can see it over in 1 Corinthians 16, 20. You can see it in 2 Corinthians 13, 12. You can see it in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 26. You can see it over in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 14. And all the Bible is driving home is that one of the best ways to show gentleness is through touch. You see it through physical touch. We, we can show each other how we care. Through physical touch, you can show your concern for someone. Through the display of, of touch, you can show love and, and friendliness. And that's why we believe at this church in shaking hands. I mean, I hope today when you came in, you were greeted and your hand was shook three or four times before you ever sat down. Many at this church, I, I see many of you, we, we practice what I call holy hugs in this church. Now, some of your hugs ain't too holy. Amen. I, I got my eye on two or three of you. I got to watch some of y'all up in here hugging. Amen. Holy hugs. But here's the issue. Here's the issue. Here's the deal. Your touch, your handshake, a pat on the back, a high five, a hug can minister deeply to somebody. It can really show gentleness and make the difference in somebody's life. And you see, our actions have to be under the Holy Spirit's control. And Paul says this as I close. Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 5. Let your gentleness be evident 
to all. Let your gentleness be evident to every single person. The follower of Christ, their life should be characterized by gentleness. When you're at the workplace, when you're at home, when you're in the neighborhood hanging with people, when you're with your friends, when you're at the restaurant, when you're at the ball game, when you're at the school, when you're at church, when you're grocery shopping, let your gentleness be evident by all. You're strong. Doesn't mean you're weak. But your strength is under control. Fragile. Handle with care. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for working in this place. I realize there are many of us in this place 